Welcome to the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by investing in real estate so you never, ever have to work a job again. And I'm telling you, it's going to be the best time ever to invest in real estate with this recession, and it's going to be awesome to use other people's money. That's right, OPM, other people's money to buy real estate using none of your own. And today, I'm bringing on an expert who has done this and is going to show us how we can do it as well. Buy properties with little or no money down. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey, what's going on? I'm super pumped to have you here on the show. And I am, well, this is the end of 2022. And what I was just about to say is I am very excited for us as real estate investors because this is going to be the absolute best time ever to invest in real estate. See, I started investing back in 2006 before the crash of 2008. And now I'm looking at this awesome real estate market now is taking a turn where it's going to be even more awesome for us as real estate investors. Now, I get a lot of questions about people asking me, well, what did you see back in 2008? And what did you do right? What did you do wrong? And what's similar to 2022, which is where we're at right now in 2023? Everything that's going on. And I really got to apologize to you. I sent this out to everybody that's in my newsletter that I'm doing a free webinar, literally giving the forecast of what I'm seeing in the real estate market and how I'm super pumped and how we can actually invest in real estate. I sent an email out to all of my people on the newsletter who are getting my emails, giving them a link to go join for free. It's a free coaching call where I'm literally going to be walking everybody through and it's literally happening in about an hour. So I'm getting ready. I'm recording this episode. It's going out tonight and I'm doing the uh, forecast, the 2020 forecast in about an hour. And so I apologize. I probably should have just given you the link because you guys are awesome for coming and listening every single week. Um, you know, I really want you to invest. And so I apologize. I should have, you know, given the link back then, but this is what I'll do. If you guys listen to next week's episode, I will literally give you the link to the replay so you can watch it all over again. And it'll just be for the people on my newsletter. Well, I should say this. You should be on my newsletter. I'm literally giving out so much free just information, more information on how to invest in real estate, how to house hack, how to get a car and a house at the same time with the same money. It's just, it's amazing all the great ways you can invest in real estate, but I give out so much more information on the newsletter. So definitely get on the newsletter so you won't miss these live ones because I'm actually going to be doing a coaching call. Like I'll be presenting everything and on top of that, taking people's questions. And so right now we have, I don't know, a couple hundred people already signed up for this for this webinar. Actually, it's like a Zoom call. So we're all jumping on a huge Zoom call. And so hopefully it's not going to get too noisy with people leaving their mute off or, you know, not muting themselves. So we'll see. Hopefully it's going to go well, but I got a whole presentation really set up, but I'm going to be answering everybody's questions. So you need to be on the newsletter so you don't miss in case I miss something like this where I don't tell you on the podcast, but you would be on the newsletter. So I'll give you my free course. If you haven't already received it, go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. It'll be in link in the description, but I have an even better way for you to get this free course because you're probably listening on your phone. It's a podcast. So if you text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33. 
seven 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 rental to three three seven 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 i'll give it to you plus you'll be on my newsletter and you will receive every time that i'm doing something like this free coaching call you'll be receiving this so you can join with me as well and jump on the coaching call because i want you to invest in real estate I'm, i'm just literally not kidding i am so exciting and all of my students we're so excited for what's coming in the real estate market because we know it's going to be the best time ever to invest in real estate. In fact, I think prices in 2020, little, I guess, jumping ahead to the forecast, I think prices of homes in 2023 are probably going to decrease 10%, maybe 15%. I'd say maybe even 20% or more from where they are right now. So 2023 is going to be a fantastic time to invest. And on top of that, we're going to have the chance to actively do so many no money down deals like subject to seller financing. And in fact, that's what we're talking about today. I'm bringing on a good friend of mine who has his own real estate investing website, retipster.com. He's a fantastic real estate investor. He invests in land, flips land, and he's a really genuine guy as well. We've hung out so many times. In fact, we had we went to a conference together and I rented this Airbnb, had literally like 10 rooms. It was phenomenal. He was one of the guys that come and stay with me and we just had a huge, amazing time like five days of just masterminding. And he is a fantastic investor. He just bought a piece of land and he realized, man, I could do storage units. I could build an entire storage unit on, not just one unit, but like storage facility with multiple storage units. And he's literally building one right now. He's a fantastic investor. And on top of that, He's going to show us how we can buy properties with no and low money down, seller financing subject to, and all the great things because in a bad economy, subject to, seller financing, all these other ways are actually going to get easier to invest in real estate, and we want you to be prepared. All right, so let's jump into today's show where I interview my friend Seth Williams from the RE Tipster Podcast, and he's coming to RubeCon, the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference here in Phoenix in May of 2023. You need to come to that. Check in the description. Get 10% off the ticket as well if you use the promo code podcast. I'm giving you lots of stuff, so just check the description for everything, but I want to see you get ready to invest in real estate and also with no money down. So let's listen in as Seth Williams from Mari Tipster shows us how we can become investors with little to no money down. All right, here we go. Seth, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Hey, Dustin. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is great having you on. Now, you, you and I, like being friends, it's also fun that we're podcasters too, because that's, uh, and investors. So we have so many commonalities, which is so fun because once you meet a podcaster, it's just like, ooh, hey, we're, we're, we're friends yeah. automatically because we're podcasters. Now, I love that you invest in land. And at RubeCon, at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference, you came in 2022, and you talked about 10Xing your land investing, which, or not, not just land, but like 10Xing your income and utilizing land investing and how you can make tons and tons of money. And so if anybody wants to get that, they can definitely get the um, uh, replays. They can buy the replays. There's, there was 28, I think, breakout sessions and everything, so much about every type of investing. But with that, I'm bringing you on again because, number one, your personality and what you do is is err on the side of serving and giving because that's the type of people we want at RubeCon. We want givers. We want people that are genuine that want to help. So, Seth, tell us quickly about you because there's... I'll probably, I'll try to, I probably won't, I'll forget, but I'll try to put it in the show notes of the other episode that I, episodes that I have had you on. But with that, tell us a little bit about yourself and then let's dive into seller financing and how we can utilize this in all walks of our real estate investing. Yeah, for sure. Well, 
Yeah. So I guess uh, currently what I'm up to is uh, land investing and also self-storage investing. But land was sort of like my origin story. That was the first way I ever really found any success in real estate after trying and not doing very well at flipping houses and wholesaling and rental properties. I just, I mean, I kind of got there, but I nothing that I would ever want to brag about or write home about. Um, but with land, it was just a very different animal in a lot of ways. Um, and this was back in like 2009. I mean, the environment was a bit different back then, as most of us know. But but even, you know, over the years, it's it's been a very, very advantageous type of strategy because competition is a lot less than what you see with houses. Land is a very simple type of property to work with. Um, it's just... Uh, you know, things like physically having to go see the properties and getting into a property and the financing aspect, just lots of lots of different things. Um, there's just fewer wrinkles in the process with land that I found. Um, so, but with vacant land, one of the weird quirks about it is that when you're talking about a vacant residential lot, if you want to go out and buy a vacant residential lot right now without any plan to develop that lot or build a house on it, chances are, you're not going to find a bank that's going to finance that for you because banks have a really hard time. I guess everybody has a really hard time uh, understanding vacant land property values because vacant land is a very weird type of property where when you look at what goes into a normal house appraisal, you need things like um, comparable sales. You need to understand what it would cost to rebuild that house. You need to understand how much income that house is making, if it's making income. And with vacant land, you don't have that information. It doesn't exist because there's no cost to rebuild. It's probably not making money. And even the comps, that's usually the only thing you have a hope of getting, but a lot of times the comps don't even exist. There's not an apples to apples comparison. So because of that valuation challenge, which land investors, no ways to get around that and no ways to get comfortable with it, but banks don't really. And because they don't understand it and can't understand the value, they're like, well, we're not going to finance this because we don't know what it's worth. So we can we don't have any collateral value that we can rely on to, to you know repossess it if we ever have to. So because of that, seller financing is a huge deal with vacant lots because say if you have a $50,000 vacant lot you're trying to sell, um, given that a bank is not going to come in and collateralize that property and finance it for somebody, that basically means that your buyer needs to have that cash ready to go. And if they don't have have $50,000, they can't buy it. However, the alternative is that you could offer seller financing so that you basically allow them to make a down payment to you and then make you know uh, installment payments for the next three, five, 10 years, whatever you wanna work out with them, you can charge them interest. And uh, through doing that, you can ultimately make more money on the property. You can usually sell it faster because you're giving a lot more people a way to buy it because you're willing to finance it when a bank won't. Uh, you can usually sell the property for a higher price. And if you want to create recurring sources of income, kind of give your business income stability, it's perfect for that. And with the whole land acquisition model that I've always uh, followed and the one that I've always taught about, when you're, you know, when I'm buying these properties, I'm not paying full market value for them. I'm paying 30% of market value, maybe 40% of market value. So on that first inst on you know, the first down payment that I get from somebody, a lot of times, like it almost completely pays off the, the money that I have into it. Sometimes it does pay it off completely, depending on what I want to set up. 
And that means every payment after that is pure profit. It's not like I'm using that to pay a mortgage or something because I already own it free and clear because um, I bought it for so cheap. So that's why seller financing is such an instrumental tool for land. <clears throat> and it sort of is for a lot of other types of properties too. But um, with things like houses and buildings, you're subject to Dodd-Frank, uh, which is kind of a annoying <laughs> a law. Yeah, that, very annoying. That, uh, yeah, basically just, it makes it much harder for you to sell that, that kind of property with ease. But with land, Dodd-Frank largely doesn't apply. I don't want to say across the board, but because there's no dwelling on it, uh, that's basically the thing that triggers Dodd-Frank to apply to a lot of these properties, the fact that there's a dwelling. With vacant land, it's not a thing. So um, it's just, it's a very cool type of property that seller financing works very well with. Um, and I know when I first uh, got into land, you know, seller financing, you know, what I just explained to you here, that was explained to me. And that's all true, but there's also a lot of uh, gotchas and really annoying things about it that can come into play if you don't know how to deal with those things. So first of all, um, you know, underwriting or understanding who do you want to lend money to essentially, because uh, if you just approve anybody, like anybody off the street comes in and is like, yeah, I want to buy it. Give me seller financing. And if you just say yes, uh, you, you should pretty much plan on them defaulting and not paying you at some point. That's probably what's going to happen, or at least, you know, 30, 40% of the time. And that really should be no surprise because you're not doing any homework on this person to verify that they're actually going to do what they say they're going to do. Um, and some people say that with vacant land. And I want to pause for a quick second and share that honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. My new goal in my life, my first goal was to quit my job in 10 years. And I did that, accomplished that at 37. Now my new goal is to help 1 million people invest in real estate. So two things I would ask from you. Number one, if you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, hey, you know, check out Dustin, Master Passive Income. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate. Get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L, to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that. And how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income. Scale it to quit your job. I'll literally get to you or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously, it'll be in the description, but I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets. It's okay. It's not a big deal because you can just take the property back and keep all the payments and sell it all over again. And that's sort of true, but that depends on did the borrower destroy the property while they owned it? Or did they, um, you know, in that state where the property is, how easy is it to repossess that property? Some states make it super easy, some make it super hard. And while all this is happening, how much money are you, are you losing? How much money does it cost you to repossess that property? Um, so there's a lot of factors to it. And what I learned after I started doing sell the financing like this is that even though it might've been true that I could repossess these properties and resell them, I kind of just wanted to get paid, you know? Like just pay me like you say you're gonna pay me. So I don't have all these like interruptions in the income and unexpected hoops I have to jump through. And um, the way you avoid that is with proper underwriting and understanding who you're selling the property to. 
and also buying the right type of land in the first place. Because when you when you buy like just a rinky dink, trashy you know piece of property that nobody really wants or cares about, it's much easier for a borrower to walk away from that and just abandon it and drop it in your lap. It's also hard for you to sell it in the first place because it's not that great of a property. So if you focus on doing this with the best properties, the most desirable ones, it's going to be harder for people to walk away from them. And it's also going to be easy for you to sell them. And because you're doing seller financing and you're making a lot more money in the process because of interest, um, you're able to uh, justify paying higher prices for better properties. So anyway, so this is just kind of, uh, I guess, a, a little sampler of some of the stuff that I was hoping to talk about at RubeCon because seller financing was not explained to me very well at all. I had to learn a lot of this stuff through the School of Hard Knocks. And I've been continuing to learn a lot about this stuff. Uh, the learning process process is still going for me, but I know a heck of a lot more now than I did back in the beginning and probably a lot more than the average person does. So I thought, you know what? This would be a good thing for me to explain comprehensively to people. Oh, totally. And so with any type of real estate investing, seller financing is all over the place. I, I even know of um, somebody I was just talking to, another investor, they got seller financing on a multifamily. I think it was like a I don't know, 30 unit apartment complex, seller financing there. So they received seller financing. I personally have done seller financing for properties of my own. There's a couple properties that I literally did quote, quote unquote, like a rent to own type of thing. So I'm doing seller financing for, I own these properties free and clear. And this properties I probably would not, one of my first, there's are my first properties that I didn't know what I was doing. They're not the best area. And I'm also able to bless a good a family to have a good property to live in. And so I'm doing rent to own or basically seller financing for them. So I'm, it's, it's, you can do it both ways, buying a property and selling a property. But if you do it well, you're going to do really, really well. And I love, you, you made the key point. You said like, I just want them to pay me because people say, oh man, if they, if they stop paying you, then you just get the property back, right? I'm like, yeah, I could do it all over again, but I don't want to. I just want to. I just want them to have the property. I just want, I don't want to have to have that hassle all over again. Cause I've, I have had, had to take the property back and start it all over again. It's a bummer. I want them to have it. I didn't do it just to make money and you know, uh, uh, take money from them, you know, where they, they, they're in for a little bit and then they can't do it. No, I want, I want them to have this property in the end because I'm getting what I agree to and they're getting what they agree to. Now, what are some, uh, are there any catches or are there any lessons that you've learned throughout this process to say, hey, if you're doing seller financing either way, like you're you're buying something with seller financing, you're you're giving seller financing for a piece of land or something like that. Is there anything in there that we like, oh man, I never would have known that unless I literally went through that entire process myself. Yeah. Well, I know one thing is that uh laws vary a lot from state to state. And I, I know this was something that I used to hear people talking about all the time is like, yeah, Use a land contract, set up a land contract. It's like, okay, land contract. Let's look that up. What is a land contract? <laughs> exactly. Kind, I did the same thing. Kind of, you know, in, in other states, it's more commonly referred to as a contract for deed, which is the exact same thing. It's just a different name for some reason. People use it. And, um, and a land contract is a type of loan instrument where the seller continues to hold title to the property until the loan is paid off and then they transfer title. So it's, it's better for the seller than the buyer. But uh, there are some states, like Texas is one, where a land contract is not the right loan instrument to use because of the, the state laws. I'm not an attorney. I don't pretend to understand the state laws, but everybody says don't do a land contract in Texas. And, uh, and there's ver similar stuff in like California and this state and that state where it's like land contract. I mean, you could, but it's just not 
you don't want to do that. It's going to be way harder to get the property back or maneuver through this thing. And I, I guess what I, the learning that I'm getting to is, you know, every time I go to a new state and I'm trying to do seller financing, the answer is not to just grab a random template that told me that somebody told me to use. The answer is to find an attorney for that first one, tell them exactly what I want to do, just be super specific. And I need to understand what I want. I can't just say, make me this thing without getting them, you know, giving them some specifics. But uh, especially for that first one, get an attorney to do this for you and do it right. Because if you get the wrong document and you do this again and again and again and again and again, the wrong way in all these other states or even one other state the wrong way, you just kind of gumming things up in a really bad way. And also keep in mind that like, you know, and this was something I didn't even really think about until probably five years into it, but you can sell these notes. You can sell this land contract or this uh, deed of trust or mortgage to other investors and they can basically buy you out at a, you know, usually not the entire value of the, the loan balance, but like a discounted rate, depending on how, you know, quality the, the loan is. And you basically just get paid off and take that money and move on to something else. But if you set up the loan the wrong way with a borrower that you didn't underwrite with the wrong loan document and everything's all screwed up, like, Either nobody's going to want to buy that from you, or if they do, it's going to be like a, you know, 80% discount on the balance. Like you'll just totally lose your shirt on it. Um, so basically there is a, a big benefit to just knowing what you're doing and doing it the right way and not just winging it and thinking you understand what you're doing without getting legal help. So <laughs> I think it's a brilliant and every state's different, like you said. So if you get legal help in Texas and you find one in Oklahoma, Go do it again in Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> every single state's going to be different because we invest all over the country. Mm -hmm. And so every single time we find experts that are literally there in that area. Now, how do we find deals? Let's say it could be land, it could be um, a home, multifamily, what, but how do you suggest that the best way to find these where we can buy them at seller financed rates or not rates, but like you finding a seller finance? Yeah. You mean like buying a property where that seller is selling it with owner financing? Correct. Yeah. I think that's just a conversation that you have with that person understanding where they're coming from. Like, do you need cash or are you willing to accept payments for this thing? Do you want this to turn into a source of retirement income for you? Or do you want to get the whole payoff right now and pay a higher tax rate on that? Um, just kind of understanding different ways you can, you can frame it. Cause I think a lot of sellers, like it's, when you start getting all complicated and fancy with seller financing, like they don't get it. They just want their money. They just want to move on. They don't want to play all these games. And so you need to sort of have some good explanations on like, why might you want to consider this instead of just taking cash? And, you know, one of the reasons might be because I can pay you, you know, full market value or something or close to it, a higher price. Um, another one might be, and this is kind of getting into like tax advice. So you don't want to, don't want to get super specific, but, um, you know, based on, or depending on how much income or how much of a principal payoff they receive on that property per year, it can have certain tax advantages uh, versus just getting the entire payoff at once. There's probably uh, many other brilliant ways to frame it, but, um, and sometimes the answer is just no, like they're just not gonna do it. And in that case, if you can only pay cash, then I would say, okay, well, let's talk about a seriously discounted cash price. Um, but the cool thing about uh, buying with seller financing is that depending on what your exit strategy is, say if you're trying to, you know, sell the thing as soon as possible, 
What if you sold it with seller financing as well, either at the exact same price or a, a markup, but the way you're making your money is in a higher interest rate than what you're paying to the person you bought it from. And if you can create a spread there, and if you have, you know, if you're selling it to somebody who is going to pay you consistently, again, this is where good underwriting comes into play. I mean, you can basically just create a source of income just based on that spread. And if you can sell it for a lot more than you bought, then obviously that's even better. Um, but I mean, once you start uh, becoming willing to go down this seller financing path, like a lot of new opportunities open up for you, stuff that you normally would just walk away from because they're not going to fit into, into this rigid, small little box that you consider to be the perfect deal. And uh, there are times in the economic cycle when you can you can be rigid because sellers are motivated and they will do what you want them to do. But uh, I know for the past couple of years, it's been different. Like it's harder to get deals and people aren't just going to sell for nothing and walk away from their property. So uh, that's when it's it's helpful to have these new approaches and tools in your tool belt to uh, pull them out when the situation calls for it. Yeah, definitely. And you hit the nail on the head too by saying, you know, asking the seller what they want, you know, because if you don't know what they want and you just offer out and say, hey, how about this? Well, you, you don't know if they want that or not, but if you ask some questions first, like, how can I help you in this situation? Like, you have this property. I'd like to buy it. What do you want with that? It just, it helps. And real estate's about people. It's not about properties. You'll get a property, but if you're helping the person, it's just going to make it everything better because you finally know exactly what they want. Now, you said the same word many times. A lot of people don't understand what that means. And I want to know what it means, but then also, how do we actively do it? Underwriting. How do we actively mm, sure. underwrite a property to protect ourselves from uh, problems that can happen in the future? Yeah, sorry about that. I'm getting back in my banker lingo. So underwriting is um, it's basically the process of of looking at a deal or you know looking at a borrower, for example, and looking into their credit history and their character and their capacity or ability to repay looking at the asset that you're financing and how easy or difficult it will be to get that thing back and what it's worth. It's kind of, they call it the, the five C's of credit, uh, character, capacity, I forget what they are. I've got an article I can link to, but, but it's basically the, the practice of um, analyzing the, the person that you're gonna be working with to decide, are they reliable? Like, are they actually going to, like, will they do what they say? Can they do what they say? Are they just committing to something that they don't even understand? And there's a lot of different things you can look at to assess the risk and understand what are the chances that they're going to do what they say. And this is what every bank in the world does before they lend you money. It, you know, uh, credit reports, you know, some, sometimes they'll just look like, look at that. And that's, it's certainly an important piece, but that doesn't, doesn't tell you everything. Um, you know, if you're getting a commercial loan, they're going to dive a lot deeper to look at, you know, your business, your income, your sources of income, how long you've been doing what you want to do. And they'll make a judgment call on whether or not they think you're a good risk. And if if they don't feel good, then you're not going to get that loan. And uh, the process of underwriting is the process of going through that, understanding who this potential borrower is. And if you want to work with them and if red flags come up and if they don't have good answers to those red flags, then you don't work with them. And, you know, the alternative that I was taught in the beginning is don't ask any of those questions. Just say yes to everybody. It's fine because you can just get the property back. And uh, again, that's it's sort of a half truth. I think it's just it's not the full story. And 
Um, you know, so in my experience, sometimes it was fine. Sometimes it was a huge pain in all of the time. It was extra moving that movement that I didn't want to do. I just wanted to get what it was owed to me and what they said they were going to do. So, um, but yeah, I, part of my problem was that I didn't really have a super solid system for going through this underwriting process. Like what questions am I supposed to ask? You know, what does matter? Like, what is a red flag? What should cause me to say, uh oh, or ask more questions? And, um, you know, I, I used to work as basically a glorified credit analyst uh, back in my old job. So I have a pretty good uh, framework for that when looking at a commercial business loan. But looking at a piece of vacant land, it's a bit of a different animal. And it's actually, it's less complicated by far. There's not as much stuff you need to, to look at, but there's still some things you should consider. And um, yeah, that's some of the stuff we're gonna be covering in the presentation at RubeCon. Now. With that, there are so many other ways to make sure that you're yeah, successful in your real estate investing. I definitely wanted everybody to go check out retipster.com. That's and that article on the five C's. I can't, it was the five C's, correct? Yep, the five C's of credit. Five C's of credit. So you just go search, like go to retipster.com and search like five C's. You'll probably find it. Uh, I don't have that on my site, site for sure. So definitely, yeah, Seth is the, the man on that. And, but with that, Utilizing the seller financing on both ways, whether you're buying or selling a property, is brilliant if you can find the right people. And remember, it's all about people. The people, right people that are buying your properties, the right people that are selling the properties, and connecting with them and helping them out, focusing on how can I make this transaction work for them? Because I grew up in, you know, I was always playing sports. So it was always competition. You know, you always had an opponent. There's always a win-lose. And I took that into my real estate investing. Like there was always a win-lose. Like the seller needs to lose. I need to win. Like that's not the case. You can make it so that it's a win-win. Now we give some, we don't get like, let's say a, a, that $10,000 as opposed to $40,000, like you're going to give some, but at the same time, how much better would you, would it be if the seller's walking away? Like, man, that's Seth guy. I like that guy or that Dustin guy, man, he really helped me out with that deal. How much better is that than just making a little back extra money? So what I'm saying is if we focus on the, the person and in the seller financing process, realize that it's possible. And I will say Seth has a fantastic course that talked all about real estate investing in land. And I took his course and there was one, you, I, there was a situation where you were buying a piece of property and you were recounting how this interaction went through. And this just accounts for you know, your coaching ability to help students to actually do this. But in your process of buying this one property, I specifically remember the negotiation tactics. tactics. You, they, they asked a certain price, say, this is what we want for this property. And you offered a lower price. And they said, well, no, but they came down a little bit. They said no. And he said, okay, well, I'll leave my price on the table. And then like two months later, they came back and said, hey, is that offer still on the table? And you're like, well, no, things have changed. It, price is lower now. And they said, well, we can't go that low, but we'll come down even more like to your last price. And he said, well, this is my price. I'm staying here. And they said no. And then like a month later, they did the same thing. They did it like three times. And in the end, finally went from like, I don't know, it was a, it was a really, really high price to like, a couple thousand dollars. It was amazing, like just seeing that process. But you wouldn't, nobody would have that experience unless they went through that and they wouldn't see that it's actually possible to do this, just like seller financing. You wouldn't see that's possible. You wouldn't see that's possible to do any of this stuff unless you had somebody like Seth that's literally walking you through. And that's what we're doing at RubeCon. The Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is bringing all that together. And we're all, all of our experiences combined. I mean, we're going to be an unstoppable force of all these people that are helping each other out. Yeah. 
Yeah, man, it's going to be awesome. Looking forward to it. This is great. So, Seth, I want everybody to be able to find you. Obviously, go to retipster.com, check out the podcast. But how else can other people find you? Yeah, so if you go to any uh, social media outlet and just look for retipster, you should be able to find me there. Um, you're interested in, like, the land business specifically? So we've got a, a land investing masterclass. It's a full course that I took eight years, basically. I've taken it. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. That's the one you're just talking about. So that's landinvestingmasterclass.com. And um, if you just want to check out like some of the free stuff, and there's a ton of free stuff on RE Tipster, uh, we actually have a land specific category on the site where you can just look at all the land stuff. If you go to the homepage and scroll down, you'll see it uh, near the top. There's just a land investing button you can click on. You'll see lots of great content there. Uh, and over on YouTube, I know we make a lot of stuff there too. Um, so just look for RE Tipster on YouTube. And uh, yeah. There you go. Podcast as well. You yeah, definitely podcast as well. Ari Tipster podcast. You got it. Yeah, but you also need to come to RubeCon. You need to be there. Um, use a promo code podcast. Where it'll just give you ten percent off. Um, but we want to see you there. And the great thing about RubeCon is these speakers, like Seth and myself, and all the, we have thirty-five speakers now so far. We might even get to forty. I mean, we have so many people that want to speak mm -hmm. that are expert, that are givers, that want to, to share this. But usually you get to conferences and what they do, speakers come, they'll do their breakout sessions, hang out for a couple hours, but then they leave. They won't be there for the entire conference because they're like, oh, I got better things to do. No, we're investors. This is like a conference for investors by investors because I'm an investor and I wanted a conference like this, but nobody was doing it. So like, okay, I might as well do it. And with that, all these speakers are literally going to be around all of us. And they're going to be helping each other out. They're going to be learning as well. I learned a ton from all these other speakers. Yeah, me so, too. I am super pumped. So Seth, thank you so much for being on the show, man. I appreciate your friendship and really, really glad that you're a part of RubeCon. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dustin. It's great to talk to you again and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And that is it for today. Go ahead and get my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. You can also join my Real Estate Wealth Builders group coaching, get all my courses. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next show. See ya. See ya.